This is episode 31 on getting over what you may call a disorder with Anne. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. So exciting news to share. March was actually our biggest download month ever. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of those who are listening. And my request of you is if you haven't already to give the show a rating and review. It's simple to do. Just go to iTunes, search in over it and on with it podcast. And there's a little tab that says ratings and reviews. And you can do one or both. It's super easy to give a rating. You just click on the number of stars. And if you feel called to spend 30 seconds to a minute writing a review, that's really appreciated too. You know, people who are considering listening to a podcast really look at that. So it helps more people perhaps get help by the show. So thank you in advance. And one more announcement here. You've probably heard me talking about the Bali retreat, which is coming up in September. I'm so excited. Taking 20 people to Bali. I love that country. And then I also have my signature retreat coming up in Los Angeles in July, so even a little sooner and a little closer, and a lower investment in terms of time and money. And that retreat is based on the work that really shifted my life. And it starts on a Friday afternoon, ends on a Sunday, but you kind of feel like you're there for a week. Not that it drags on, but you get so much done in that retreat. I have a lot of people come back to that retreat because it just is so powerful. So all of that information is on my website, christinehasler.com, or you can just email jill at christinehasler.com and she can fill you in on all the details. All righty. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about an issue that I've not covered much on this show because this is actually the first caller who's called in with it, and that is an eating disorder. But even if you don't have one or have never had one, I encourage you to listen all the way through because like most calls, the the problem, bulimia in this case, is just a symptom of a deeper issue. I wanted to start by talking a little about body image because I think we all, especially women, have struggled with that at least at one point or consistently throughout our lives. Let's face it, the media and society at large does not make having a healthy body image easy. And I really don't want to get into a rant about complaining about that because I don't think that really solves things. What I do want to highlight is the fact that if we took all the mental energy that people spend on thinking and obsessing and criticizing their body and shifted it into thinking about how we can serve the world and change the world and solve big problems, imagine how much different the world would be. So I just Put that forward as an invitation for you to consider if you're expending a lot of your own mental energy on how you look rather than how you feel and what you want to contribute, consider redirecting it. So I'm going to start by getting vulnerable with y'all and sharing a bit about my own struggles with body image. In my 20s, I never had diagnosed anorexia or bulimia, but I definitely would say I had body image issues. And I think I even had something called body dysmorphia, which is when kind of your obsession with how you look and exercise and what you eat gets in the way of your happiness and your ability to connect. And also, I don't think I saw myself very accurately. 
and I was working as a personal trainer and nutritionist. So I was super obsessed about what I ate. And I think I had a little bit of exercise bulimia too. You know, if I had a heavy meal, I'd just work out an extra half an hour the day after. And if I ate quote unquote bad, it would ruin my entire next day. I'd be racked with so much guilt. I'd often be in tears about it. And that went on for a few years until some major things shifted. First of all, I finally really committed to the kind of personal and spiritual growth work that I teach on this show. Up until then, I'd kind of been a dabbler on it, and I focused more on working out and body stuff and looking a certain way than really diving in, rolling up my sleeves, and doing the work. I also dealt with feeling out of control in my life. You know, at that time in my 20s, it was after I had left my job. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I I had a huge expectation hangover in terms of where I thought I quote unquote should be. And I just had so much uncertainty. And that's when I started a meditation practice. And that really helped so much in feeling more settled, feeling more present, Because that out of control feeling really comes from when our mind is just going and going and going and we're future tripping all the time. And so coming back to the present moment really helped me deal with the uncertainty. And that led into creating a much stronger spiritual practice and relationship with God. I was kind of so self-obsessed. I felt very, very separate. And even though I didn't have a strong spiritual connection to begin with, the more I leaned into it, the more I literally just talk to God, the more I prayed, the more I read spiritual books, the more that connection deepened. And finally, and I think this moved the needle more than anything, I got a purpose that was bigger than me. You know, I got out of my own way enough to find my calling. I got clear on what I was truly hungry for. It really wasn't food or exercise or looking a certain way. I was hungry to serve. I was hungry to learn. I was hungry to contribute. I was hungry for spiritual connection. And when I got really clear on what I was truly craving, what I was really hungry for, and started to feed myself with that, the obsession with food, diet, exercise, body, all that stuff really began to melt away. So from my point of view, any disorder, addiction, even illness are there to get our attention. You know, they're an indicator that there's unresolved issues we're working very hard to suppress. And we spend a lot of energy fixated on the physical so we don't have to deal with the emotional and mental. Also, they're like a red flag that we're craving something, that we're hungry for something, and we're trying to feed ourselves through whatever that addiction and disorder is, the food, the alcohol, the sex, whatever it may be. But until we get to the true source of what we're really hungry for, it feels like that disorder is something we can never get to the other side of. And finally, these disorders, addictions, they really reinforce the pain of separation. When we're doing things that are hurtful and even dangerous to our well-being, it's a cry out for God, for remembrance of the awareness that we are so loved, whole, and complete exactly as we are. Now, all this said, I want to emphasize I'm not a physician, psychotherapist, or eating disorder specialist, so I'm only sharing from the experience and training I do have. And as you hear in the call with Anne, she's been through a lot of therapy and treatment, so I knew that she had that part handled. So we took a bit of a different approach in our conversation. And if you're actively dealing with an eating disorder, you have my strong encouragement to get professional help 
and my reassurance that you can get to the other side of it. You can heal. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you so obsessed with your body that it impacts your emotional stability, everyday decisions, even relationships? Have you been struggling with any kind of addiction or disorder and you've gone through treatment but just can't seem to be free of it? Do you have a lot of awareness about what you need to do to heal and feel better but cannot seem to integrate it? In other words, maybe things aren't changing. So consider these questions. And before we get to the call, I just want to take a brief moment to thank my sponsor on it. As you've heard me talk about them, they're my favorite supplement and human optimization company. And part of my healing journey with the physical level and my own body image is finding the kind of products and supplements that promote wellness, not looking a certain way, but wellness. And that's why I'm such a fan of on it because they really promote total body vitality and wellness. It's not quick fix gimmicks to lose weight or look a certain way. So if you go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash Christine, you automatically get 10% off of anything you purchase there. All right. And now on to my session with Anne. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the show. What's your question? So I've just been sort of wondering, I've been struggling with bulimia for the last, I'd say, 12 years. And I found, I think, you know, I've done a lot of self-discovery and a lot of reading into self-help books and including some of your books as well. And then some of the Buddhist psychology sort of books. So it's almost as if like, I know the advice that I would give to someone and I can rehash the advice, but in terms of actually living it out, I still feel a high degree of, you know, insecurity and trying to practice that every day. Um, And I think it's also manifested itself in terms of my relationships. So sometimes I will hop between bulimia and then I will head into like, you know, a relationship with someone and then I will like, almost oscillate between the two but then you know I'm not really achieving I know at the end the end goal is like self-love and I just don't love myself enough but you know it's something that I'm continuing to struggle with and I've just broken up with my boyfriend recently as well so Mm. that's added to the complications Mm -hmm. so yeah I just wanted your advice and your insight sure 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 and just just so much light to you because any kind of eating disorder is challenging and also is a spiritual path. Um, And breakups are just really hard. So let's go back to what you said in the beginning about you know what you tell someone else in this situation, but you're having a hard time integrating it. What's the challenge you're having in terms of integrating? Well, I find that on certain days I'll feel amazing, but then say – you know, I think, and I'm in a, like a positive sort of mindset, but it's just on those down days where I know exactly how I should be behaving and I know that I'm having a crappy day mm. or a crappy sort of situation, but I also just don't help myself because it's been a coping mechanism I've had so long and the habit just keeps on being reinforced. The bulimia is a coping mechanism? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So because you've done a lot of work around this, I'm going to be direct. Is that okay? Yeah. 
So a lot of times eating disorders are are really about control. Yeah. So growing up, did you have situations where there wasn't like there was chaos or things felt uncertain or things didn't feel in control? Like what – do you have any idea what the context was that set up a coping mechanism of needing to control something? I guess when I was growing up, I felt – a bit insecure, like just from a body image point of view, my best friend was, you know, beautiful and skinnier than I am and she happened to have more attention. And so I think maybe that was related to that. And, you know, I think I associated attention with love and therefore as a result, you know, I reinforced and developed a view that I needed to be beautiful and perfect yeah. to be loved, basically. Yeah. yeah. And some part of you still really believes that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And and how like how wonderful that the bulimia has served you in that way. That it's been a strategy for you to get love. Like yeah. it's had it's had a higher purpose. And it's also in a lot of ways made you uncomfortable enough that it's put you on a spiritual path. Yeah. So a lot of what makes getting over any kind of eating disorder or even addiction hard is there's so much judgment on it and so much shame around it and yeah. so much fighting against it that yeah. it's not – here's the thing. We can only heal the things that we do to get love with love. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you have to love the part of you, the strategy of bulimia. You have to yeah. come to – we don't have to do anything, but my invitation for you is to really come to a place of full acceptance with it. Yeah. Where do you feel like you're not doing that? Where do you feel like you're still fighting it? Uh I feel, I guess in some ways it's almost around, you know, everyone sort of, I mean, and I know, I suppose I know about the health sort of implications around it. And so there's a lot of judgment and I feel like this needs to end now. And my family and friends that know about it will tell me that it ends now, but I haven't quite found the alternative so I know that meditation and sitting still is good but I for me it's become such a patch it it's a patchy thing uh so I'll probably meditate once a day but it's usually on a bus or something mm -hmm. but um, do you see even the like this has to end now is coming at it with judgment yeah because it's a bad thing. Right. It's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. It's a bad thing. Yeah. And and that's – I think that's the piece because really what this is about is about – it's about love. It's yeah. about love and it's about acceptance. And you're trying to get to self-acceptance by not accepting the bulimia. That's so true. Yeah. And so – a big part of this is really, truly accepting it and realizing it's not your enemy. 
It's not something that you have to fight. Yeah. It's been a strategy you've used to get love. Yeah. So you've got to give it love. Yeah. So if you could like imagine that you were speaking directly to the bulimia, right? Like yeah. if, it, if it was a person, what would you say to it? Well, I would have said, I just want you to go away. Right. Uh, but, but that's not love, right? No, it isn't. I guess I would say, wow, you've had so much of a presence in my life and you've gotten me to where I am. And I feel okay about it. <laughs> like I'm still yes, alive, but also you've helped me along the way. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how life would be without you. Um, and part of me just wants to shun you, but I also don't know. I also don't know how to get by without you at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So ask, ask the bulimia how it serves you. Cause you said, I don't know how I get by without you. So what, what does it do for you? What's its role? It sort of just makes everything. It takes my mind off things mm-hmm. or it actually sometimes lets me be almost still and concentrate, mm-hmm. uh, on what's actually happening around me mm-hmm. as opposed to have my thoughts on something that I don't quite like or whether it's an emotional thing. So, so it both, a couple of, both brings yeah. you present and it also kind of distracts you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways it's been a coping mechanism like we talked about. Yeah. Right? So can you see how trying to shun something – that's been yeah. a coping mechanism for both calming you down and managing your emotions doesn't make a lot of sense. No. It's like we've got to give these these parts of ourselves new job descriptions, but we can't force them out and shun them and hate them and shame them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. how else are we going to cope all of a sudden if we just right. take it, our, you know, life jacket away? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for you, it's, it's, it's both moving into acceptance, forgiving yourself for judging it, forgiving it for making it wrong, forgiving, making it the enemy, right? Yeah. And, and really being like, wow, thank you for being part of my journey. And at the same time, giving this responsibility of getting love and being present and managing emotions, finding a new job description for that. So until we set something else up inside ourselves – that gives us what the previous addiction or pattern or eating disorder, whatever it it was, gives us. It's yeah. hard to sustain abstinence from it. Yeah. Which is why, you know, in any 12-step, a spiritual path is such a big part of it. 
because there has to be another way that we get that feeling of soothing and comfort. You know, and I think think this goes into, too, total self-acceptance of your physical body as well. And yeah. the, the more we go on the spiritual path, the more we realize the body is just the temple for the soul. And yes, we want to take care of it, but our love and our worth does not come from how we look. Did you love your yeah. boyfriend because of the body he had? No. Just had a really beautiful heart. <laughs> right. And so do you, Anne. So do you. And I encourage you to spend more time thinking about your heart than your body. More time thinking about how you want to love. More time thinking about how you want to serve and connect and share and create soulful relationships, not superficial ones. Yeah. I've learned that increasingly. Yeah. And you loved him because he had a beautiful heart, so maybe it's time to see that in you. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's just everyone tells me that I'm really beautiful on the outside and the inside, but doesn't matter what like anyone I, else says. No, I just don't believe. <laughs> and and here's the thing, like when we're hooked into physical appearance so much, enough will never be enough. You could have the quote unquote perfect body and face by whatever standards. Yeah. But it's not gonna fill the void that you fill. Only love, only love can fill that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's true. It's so simple, but it's so such a hard thing to practice. Did you feel loved by your ex-boyfriend? I did, and... I basically spent the entire relationship also doubting it. Of course, right, because when you don't think you're lovable, you doubt it. Yeah. So in a lot of ways you pushed him away. So how how did he love you? How did you know when he was loving you? He would involve me in his world. He would play music to me. You know, he would share his vulnerabilities Um, his secrets with me Um, and yeah I guess on top of that physical affection Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. but yeah how did you love him I he was superiorly busy with his work which was one of the reasons why we broke up um, or at least are on a break for now, he also lives overseas, so we couldn't really maintain the whole long distance at the moment. But I would try to help him out with his work. I would buy things for him, and I loved him, and I would tell him things, but, you know, on closer sort of thought, maybe I tried to impress him. Yeah, actually, <laughs> you tried to you tried to do things for him and impress him yeah. rather than just love. Yeah, and be present actually, right. <laughs> and feel that yeah, my presence was just enough. Right, and it is so. So my encouragement to you and my 
assignment for you is really to become a student of love. And maybe it's it's good not to be in a relationship right now. I think that you're learning how to love yourself and others, not based on actions or qualities or sort of the external things. Yeah. And really, it's that heart thing, you know, what you said about him first. He had a good heart. It's going into yeah. your heart. And also working with that younger part when the bulimia first started, that adolescent yeah. girl, and telling her what she needed to hear in terms of being worthy and valuable and all of those things. Yeah. But so the shame true. and the judgment around this and the fighting it and I have to and yeah, and I need to stop this or else, blah, blah, blah. That, Anne, is not love. It's not no. love. No, no. It's like trying to replace it with love, but then in the meantime telling it that you hate it as well. Right, exactly. <laughs> this doesn't work. No. That's so true. I've never, I mean, even, yeah, none of the therapists that I've spoken to have such a clinical way. And I guess in some ways, you know, I'm just, you know, I much prefer the spirituality of things, but I've never sort of put the puzzles together. Like yeah, this either. it's important to combine the clinical therapeutic with the spiritual, you know, yeah. you need both. That was the only way that I was able to heal so much in my life. You know, that was the only way I was able to get off 20 years of being on antidepressants. And, you know, that was sort of my addiction of, of sorts. Um, yeah. So it was both. It was both. And, and you have the tools and now it's, it's really about using them. It's about getting the support system and, it's about really deciding within you that you're going to find a different way yeah. to get love. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Anne had a lot of awareness as to how the bulimia started and why she struggles with it. She could rehash the advice but actually was having trouble integrating it. And this is very common because often things don't heal or go away until we shift how we feel about them. As you heard, Anne had a lot of judgment and shame regarding the bulimia. She was trying to make it go away by making it wrong. But we don't heal things with hate. We must heal things with love, especially the things that we hate the most about ourselves. Even more love and acceptance is required. Anne said, I don't know how life would be without you. I want to shun you, but I don't know how to get by without you. And I have so much compassion for that. And I feel most of us who deal with any kind of disorder or addiction, we want so badly to get rid of it, but at the same time we're scared because there is a payoff. You know, we feel we do need it. We do get something from it. So we must investigate with compassion how this thing we're trying so hard to get rid of is serving us and then find an upgraded way to get what the addiction gives us. Otherwise, it's really hard to sustain abstinence from it. You know, for me, as crazy as it sounds, being obsessed with my body on some level was giving me a sense of purpose and control when things felt so uncertain. Ultimately, was finding purpose in writing and coaching and things I could create and exchanging control for deep faith and spirit. Also, like I said in the call, combining therapeutic professional treatments with the spiritual personal transformation work is imperative. 
And most of all, please know and let it be okay that if you're dealing with something like an eating disorder, you do not have to get through it on your own. In fact, I think it's unreasonable to even set up that expectation. Get help. A big part of the healing process is admitting you need and want help. Which takes me into my first assignment for you, which is if you're realizing that you may have some kind of eating disorder or body image issues, please reach out and get some support. Don't let this shame keep you from getting the help that you need. Second, if you've been working on something for a while, but it's not shifting, be honest with how much you want it to go away, even hate it. And how can you approach it with love instead? Judging it is not going to make it go away. It's not going to heal it. Consider writing what you'd like to release, a letter of gratitude and appreciation. Come into harmony with it first and then work to heal it. An idea you can have is you can actually set up two chairs. You can sit in one and the disorder or addiction or whatever that behavior is that you want to get rid of can sit in the other. And center yourself in your chair as you. And from a place of strong intention, ask if you can speak to that disorder. And then when you move into the second chair, become that bulimia or addiction or whatever it may be. And start to share how you're actually serving yourself, what you're there for, what you need. You know, we always reach a deeper level of understanding when we have a heart-to-heart conversation with someone, right? Sometimes it's important to do that with different parts of ourselves as well. And finally, don't go into hopeless-helpless or buy into the misunderstanding that this is a label or disorder you're slapped with for life. It's part of your path. It's part of how you will awaken. It's part of how your connection to spirit or your higher power will deepen. Approach it with love. Know you can heal. And please be gentle with yourself and your body during the process. Much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.